another episode of Both Sides of the Fence, episode nine. It's coming up pretty quick, isn't it? It's, just... it's building, it's building. But um, today we've got Alex Cummings on. He's uh, part of Josh Teston's team out in Ray White, Quakers Hill. They, what did you guys take home? What was that award you took home last week? For, in terms of the Ray White Awards? Yeah. Most sales in the previous financial year. Yeah, Interna internationally as well. Internationally. So yeah. we've got a pretty big gun on our show today. Now, this guy's been with Josh for how long now? Two years coming up, Feb. Two years coming up, and he's pretty much been with Josh from at a low rise, pretty much to the point that they're at now, which has been a pretty meteoric rise. Um, so Alex, can you give us a bit of, bit of a detailed approach of where you started off before you were with Josh and yep. now and how you've seen that role uh, change over the past couple of years as well? Yeah, 100%. So obviously prior to working with Josh, I was working at another agency um, in Borkham Hills, was there for about a year and a half. Um, last year, I was literally 11 p.m. at night. It was probably around February. Um, I was just flicking through Instagram. I was booking my Europe trip with my miso. Well, COVID came, so couldn't obviously go to that. And then Josh just DM'd me one day. He's like, hey bro, do you want a job? And I was like, what the hell? Like, what's this all about? And then I said, nah, all good. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I am. He's like, are you comfortable? And where, I said, where yeah. Where were you at that time? Harcourt at Borkham Hill. So I was there for a year and a half. Um, Alistair was his name, great agent. Probably does about 150 a year or something. Yeah. He's got his own office now, respect to him. But um, in terms of that, um, yeah, randomly just one night, Josh just DM'd me and I was like, wow, is this legit? And then he was probably doing about 100 at the time in the year. And then, um, one day he had an expo with Tom Panos, I think yep. a kickstart event. He invited me there, I chucked the sickie, said I was at sick or something. Josh got me the tickets, we went there, talked, went to Frango's after and literally just offered me the job on the spot. Resigned the following week and then rest is history, two years later nearly. So from what right. we're doing, maybe 12 open homes on a Saturday to about 40 on a Saturday in a space of two years is yeah crazy. I mean, they, the numbers you guys are doing, not even in terms of dollar value, but in terms of the amount of transactions. Volume, yeah. Mate, it, it's overwhelming when I think about it. Like you guys did, I think it was 50 listings last month. 50 last month, yeah. I look at that and it just makes my eyes just roll. Like how do you guys maintain such a pace uh, with only yourself, Penal and Josh? I think, to be honest, what Josh has taught us well is follow-up. Yep. communication and obviously being consistent which can obviously anyone can drop consistency but um communication bro like at the end of the day it is obviously hard to keep up with 50 vendors like you list 50 but then you have like 80 something on the market mm -hmm. overall like i think we have like 70 something on the market but um it's just communication like it's so easy to easy to just forget to speak to someone feedback like every friday before the open home josh will call all of his vendors will obviously panel and i speak to the vendors in terms of booking private inspections. I do all the open homes. So literally Monday morning, I set about 45 open homes for the week and it takes me like half the day because probably we have 30 to 40% tenanted properties. So you're gonna have to deal with them as well. No, mm. I can't do it. Obviously it is what it is, but yeah, it's crazy man. Communication and follow up is probably the, oh. the main threat to obviously keeping the business. Mate, those, yeah, running at that pace, like we're, in my team, we did 14 deals last month. We're yeah. on track to do 12, 13 now. Exactly. And, and we feel like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel with energy. So kudos to you guys and you boys. You guys are doing absolutely next level. Thanks, man. Um, what do you think were the main things that took you from, took you and the team from doing okay numbers to doing some of the biggest, well, the biggest numbers in the country? I think, obviously, Josh's energy, regardless of what property he's going to list, whether it be a $600,000 unit, or obviously the market's changed in the last 12 months in Quakers Hill, 
four bed, two bath, single stories were selling at nine to 950 last year, but now they're selling over north of 1.3, which is huge. Mm. So in terms of that as well, it's just obviously consistent energy, but overall, as I said, the communication, to be honest, yeah. Mm. Is there anything you guys do for your energy management? In terms of? Like going at the page, you obviously, Kevin was saying 50 deals a month. Yeah. Are you guys conscious of managing your energy? Well, look, at the same time, as I said, today, Thursday, my day off, obviously still answering the phone. I just booked in a final inspection just before we started this. So in terms of that, always on the phone doing inquiries, but it's always good for Penal and I to reset, come back on Friday, get ready for Saturday, where Josh, he's working seven days a week. So even on a Sunday, he will do like three listings. And then this Sunday, we have like six auctions from like nine to 5 p.m. in all different suburbs, Constitution Hill to Glenwood to Quakers Hill, which is crazy. But um, at the end of the day, money's all the same. Mm. We, we will obviously not take on listings for no reason, or but our office will do the deal in-house in anyway. But um, yeah, it, it just depends, man. What hours are you guys kind of doing and what are your days looking like on average? In terms of that, there's no real structure. It's organized chaos at the same time. Because as I, I was telling you in the car on the way here, like we can sell like 40 uncon a month, but then 10 can rescind. Realistically, you're doing 10 of those deals twice. So you could be doing 50, 60 and out of the 10 rescissions. So um, we could wake up one morning and two rescissions, we've got to back, get back on the phone and sell it again. But in terms of timing, like I normally get into the office between 8.30 and 9.30, depending on my morning, or I'll just go straight to my first appointment, depending on what it is. I'll get the keys the night, the in the night before and then just go straight there. I can finish it around on average 6 to 8 p.m. every night, if not later. So it just, it honestly depends. I'd rather work smarter than rather just chill in the office and not do anything for an hour and a half. So yeah. And you're dealing a lot with first home buyers as well? Probably 80% first home buyers, 80 yeah. 80% first home buyers. Where would you say the biggest pitfalls or the problems with your buyers goes wrong? Because I know at my level, they've, they've made a couple of purchases, they're a bit more switched on, but it does get a bit harder to mm. negotiate with those first home buyers. Where do you 100%. see them going wrong with their own? I think business? sometimes just knowledge in terms of being a first home buyer. We have a massive international background as well. So um, in terms of that, a lot of them, obviously they'll pre-approval or whatnot. They can get scared very easily. A building and pest can come wrong. I always tell them, look, at the end of the day, you're not buying a brand new home. It's a 30 year old property. If you see termites, major structure issues or leaks, we can obviously resolve that, but everything else is common for its age. So you just gotta, you just gotta guide them. You gotta nurture them through the whole process. Like obviously sometimes things can be frustrating, but you just gotta guide them and nurture them to the point where they trust you. Because we have so many listings in Quakers Hill and surrounding suburbs, the same buyers see you each week. So they trust you, they, they will somewhat say pay obviously what the vendor wants, but they trust you through the process. And a lot of buyers, as you know, they think, oh, they're overpaying now. It's hard to think that you're not gonna be overpaying long-term as well. So you just gotta obviously tell them the truth as well. But as I said, nurture them so they can trust you as well. How do, the, how do you keep on track of the, that many buyers though? Are you, do you guys have an Excel spreadsheet? How do you guys- Yeah, yeah. so obviously we, our CRM for Railwide is Vault. We also yep. uh, swear by Home Pass. So yep. every single day, regardless, new listing, new say, properties on the market, first week on the market, buy a feedback. If it sells above owner's expectations, we'll sell it, of course. If not, say we got a guide one to 1.1, we'll literally blast like thousands of buyers saying new price guide, property link, this is the new inspection. And then we'll just get a bunch of calls and texts and then book private inspections or set a random open home at like 2.30 p.m. because we have so many buyers and then just get everyone in the door at once. Create competition, more buyers, more urgency, the price can only go up. Yeah. When you, at the moment in this current market, how are you guys listing properties do you run off market first to get a sense for what the buyer feedback is before 100%. you price it or josh likes to do off market first and the team overall one because 
you get the commitment as well obviously with the owner some people are hesitant as well a lot of people's financial situations are different as well some people can't afford the marketing obviously you can do a market now pay later scheme as well but first week off market is always good because you can get buyer feedback as you said you can put a price guide the second week we tend to have no price first week second or third week have a guide or an asking price yeah. yeah. And would you guys ever sell the property off market in that first week? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. To be honest, if the vendor is obviously ready to move forward, um, we'll get above expectations. Some buyers tend to pay more to not go online. Some buyers will offer less because the owner doesn't think they're serious to put it online. So it's a 50-50. What, what do you think the ratio is? How many guys selling off market a month? Is it many? Probably, let's just say 15 to 10%. Yeah, yeah. okay. And you're doing mainly auction campaigns? We've started to go back to auction campaigns. We're actually doing a decent amount prior to COVID, yep. um, the lockdown again. Um, online didn't work so much for us because our team is very on the floor, hands-on with the buyers. So mm. we couldn't really get that connection via the laptop. So in terms of that, we have about six auctions going next Saturday. We're going to keep on doing that with the stock. The hard thing is you have 70 on the market. You're doing a three to four week campaign. The open homes are repetitive midweek, Saturday. You sometimes want to obviously achieve the best price as soon as possible as well for the owner. But as I said, with the market tightening up the end of the year, things aren't selling one to, two, one to three weeks. So we're just doing a full auction campaign, unconditional sale. As I said, no rescission there. So yeah. Yeah. And, and you're obviously deep in the trenches. What yep. are you seeing out in the marketplace at the moment? Are buyers starting to pull back a little bit at your price point or what's kind of happening? Yes and no. You do see some buyers say they're going to wait, but at the end of the day, as you know, with Sydney, it's either going to go the same or more. Yep. So the more you wait, the more the price will still go up. Like I've seen buyers literally pay $300,000 more for the same product six months later. Mm. So as I said, you've got to nurture the buyer, get them to trust you and then just guide them every step of the way, every open home. and go from there so for sure and when like when this whole APRA change came yeah. into place a couple what was this a few weeks ago yeah. November, November 5th or something yeah. yeah we were kind of anticipating more the lower price sector being hit the hardest because they didn't have any equity that they could cover that 5% difference exactly. have you seen much of an effect yet yes yes and no like as I was saying in the car, I think as well, we have one that we just changed into an auction campaign. It's on the market for two weeks, four bed, two bar, 600 square meter block, great school catchment. Um, the auction guide for that one is 1.1. One on the street, three doors up, sold for 1.365. And that was about six weeks ago. And obviously that one was a bit more renovated, but in terms of that, we had zero to the open home last week. So obviously we're like, what, what are we gonna do? Well, we're very proactive. We obviously don't do the same thing more than once change it to an auction campaign, and we're already starting to get buyers coming at an attraction price at 1.1. Obviously, there's a difference between an attraction and obviously and a transaction price, so. Yeah, yeah. what do you feel, feel was the reason why people were coming since you changed it to an auction campaign? I, I think, to be honest, a lot of the, the four bed, two bath, single story is the premium in Quakers Hill. Obviously, anything double story is 1.5 plus. You've got neighboring suburbs like Kellyville Ridge and Stanhope, you can obviously mm -hmm. go into there. But um, at the same time, there's not many on the market as well, but some buyers are waiting for the new year stock. We, I think, already have like close to 50 just coming on January. And that's just from today. We've still got wow. November and December to list as well. Yeah. So it'll be crazy, man. How are you guys getting such large numbers? Like, are you guys on the phone calling vendors like a thousand times a day? Or Look, how are you guys getting in all honesty, numbers? like obviously an associate role where I came before was like prospect from like nine to 12 and then drops and donor. I don't prospect at all. Like I pretty much shadow Josh, go to listings, so does Pinal. There's just 
we, we got too much business to worry about cold stock and like try to gain obviously new leads and stuff. A lot of my leads came before COVID with, with open homes and whatnot. But um, at the time, Josh is heavy on marketing. Like we'll spend about thirty dollars to $40,000 a month on Facebook, but we sell about five a month on Facebook anyway. So the return's there anyway. Yeah, that's massive. Mm. Yeah. You guys are like far outstripping second place in terms of number of transactions. It's yeah. just insane. It, when, when do you think that shift was when it really started to kick off for you guys? Was it when you guys heavily more went heavy into social media? Was it more letterbox drops? Was it a combined thing? 100%. Josh in his core market of Quakers Hill, no one did live videos. No one did signboards. Obviously people do it now. But every single property, we do about 10,000 just listed and just sold drops. And then every single month, we have a how many did we sell, how much buyers we met, it goes through the whole entire suburb and surrounding. So as I said, we pretty much do about close to 100,000 letterbox drops a month just yeah. in the office, which is ridiculous. Just We don't do it, obviously, distribution. I will make up targeted drops. Like say I did an open home, then I'll just drop the street, obviously, yep. to gauge some new vendors. But um, yeah, marketing's huge. Social media, more signboards, more sold stickers, get photos, boost the post. Yeah, and are you guys still doing the live weekly update? Josh will not miss it. He will do wow. it 1 a.m., 12 a.m., regardless of where he is, out for dinner, comes home, 1 a.m. he'll do it. Won't miss it at all. I feel like that's a big pain point for a lot of agencies when they go, when they start to go off on their own, mm. they've got the decision whether to put on an assistant or start doing some social media. Even yeah. once they put on an assistant, they're still scared to jump in. Yeah. And go spend a few thousand dollars because you don't know if you're going to actually get that return. But from what I've what I've personally experienced is, like once you start spending a few thousand dollars on social media in your core suburb, after a couple of months it starts to. It's over. just being consistent at it. It's all going to be long term, regardless. Like you're investing in your own business, you you can't hurt yourself investing in yourself. So in terms of that, you put in, you get out. So. Hundred yeah. percent. Now, obviously, you've been there. For a couple of years what are your own goals where do you see yourself in look future? eventually being a standalone agent within the office of course going to x amount of listings a month with josh the process how to sell how to negotiate all well and good don't want to to the fact where just jump into it you see a lot of young agents do that come back into the associate role at the end of the day with real estate there's no right or wrong time to start you see people start at 19 or 50 years old at the end of the day it's one of those lucky jobs where you can work as hard and you get rewarded for it so mm. In due time, mate. Yeah. What's well, not? I'm sure there's that target, right? Hundred percent. There's that one target. What's that target? Well, in my first year, I like to obviously write. I don't. I don't want to say anything now. But at the start of the year, Josh and I, we had team goals and personal goals. Yeah. One of my goals were to buy a property, which I did. I settled on Monday, which is good. Um, as an office, well, as the team do over four million GCI this calendar year, which we already have. Um, bring in, bring in my own leads as well, which is good. So, get good incentives yeah. the more i work the more i save to that investment property so that was the ideal goal for me so yeah 100 awesome. and you. when you do go off on your own what are you going to do differently to separate yourself look as i said josh is out there i want to have be out there in my own unique way um i like to dress and feel good so at the same time as that same like you um if i dress good i feel good and i work hard so in terms of that, not sure exactly what market I want to target, but in terms of surrounding Quakers Hill, we have other markets that are $1.52 million suburbs, which is good. Um, but yeah, just when I go out of my own, it's just smash it, man. Mate. I'm keen, but I'm in keen. due time. I'm keen, mate, I'm keen. I'm keen. We'll see you up on stage for sure. <laughs> 100%. What, what would you say working with Josh has been some of the biggest learnings you've taken yeah. as an associate 
you want to bring forward when you become an independent agent? Yeah, definitely. Look, as I said, energy, it's very easy to obviously have 50 listings and then not work hard for it as well consistently. Like if we, list, we listed 50 last month, we want to do more than 50 this month. You're only as good as your last month. So if we do 25 this month, then what happened from going to 50 to 25? I think this month we've listed 27 already and it's only like what the 18th. So we're on track to do 50 again or more, but we all just want, we just want to be consistently better month after month and just progression. Do you guys do much training as well to get help you get to that Yeah, point? we obviously train with other agents as well. Yeah. Pretty much it's training on the job. Like yeah. we'll always be talking about stuff, different situations. It's in real estate, as you know, it's a new day every day. Recision, new buyer, new listing, new, it could be situation with obviously a vendor. You just have to work around it. So yeah. yeah. Do you guys have coaches that work with you guys as well? We have Tom Panos and Adrian Bow. Yeah. Um, Adrian Bow as a full business perspective, Tom Panos individual or different. They all have their own obviously piece of art to help yeah. us. So. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the big things. I've noticed all the big agents that we're working with, every single one of them has a coach. In their 100%. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you have to, to be honest. Otherwise, you're just going to be running nowhere. You need some guidance as well. And plus speaking to other people in the industry, at whoever they are, young, old, it's always good to speak to someone. Yeah. 100%. I guess the last recap question for me that I have is in your own personal life, how are you managing work-life balance? Yeah, look, work-life balance prior to obviously coming on board with Josh was a bit more flexible. Yeah. Less numbers, working, you know, nine to five, went out after. I was still playing football, to be honest. Stopped that the last three years. But um, at the end of the day, if you enjoy it and you're passionate about it, you work and you don't think about, I want to finish now, I want to go out. Like with the boys in the office, I spend more time with them, pretty much than my missus, to be honest, and yeah. my other friends. So we do stuff in the morning, we go to the gym together after work. And then, like last night, we'll all together watching the Tim Zoo fight. So, yeah. and that was at 12 o'clock and all the boys from office literally saw them all day and now I'm still with them at, at, at late at night. So in terms of that, just yeah, the culture and everything, yeah. man. It becomes like a family. 100% it does. It's enjoyable. Big time. Yeah. Well, mate, thanks for coming on. No dramas. Super appreciate it. All good. Mate.